The classic one, scaling before nailing. So I think we we probably went to Sweden uh, half a year, one year too early. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Søren Gøderup Tang. I'm CEO at Weply and you are listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Søren. Thank you. It is nice being here. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I think it's the first summer day in Denmark. Sales are going good. People are happy. Yeah. So it's hard being negative. I can understand that. And uh, every time I have a Danish CEO in the podcast, I'm extra happy because I'm actually quarter Danish. I don't speak, I don't speak the language, but... Uh, my grandfather was from Kolding, so it's like... Oh, that's the the decent part of, of Denmark. First thing first, always, we start with the elevator pitch. Can you please tell the listeners, what does your company do? In Weply, we help companies convert traffic into hot screened leads. We do that by staffing their chat on their webpage. 24-7 with real people on the native language. And those people are assisted by AI. So we make sure that you spend your marketing budget in a better way. Very straightforward. You have done that many times. I have done that a couple of times. <laughs> and if we shift the focus uh, from your company right now to you as a person, who is Søren? I'm a father. I'm a husband, um, I have a candidate from CBS. I have helped build a couple of companies. Then I do uh, weightlifting, deadlift. I play chess. Um, I'm tough on the outside, but I can cry sometimes when I see X Factor. How much rating do you have or had in chess? I think it's a it's twelve hundred fifty or something. Then I still most likely would win over you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a long time ago I, I played, but I had when I uh, ended I had one thousand seven hundred fifty. Yeah, then then you would beat me uh, any day of the week. Let, let's jump back to uh, we play now and a bit storytelling. I love to listen to sto- good stories, and I want to hear the story of why you founded we play. Actually, I didn't found Weply as it is right now. Weply was founded in 2013 uh, as an Uber model where they built a chat platform where companies that wanted to convert traffic into leads, they could say, we want people, and people could sign up for it and just chat for random companies. So just like Uber, uh, you need to go on, uh, uh, find people that wanted to chat and companies that needed people to chat for them. The main problem with that model is trust. You can trust an Uber driver you, Uber driver to take you from Malmö to Copenhagen, but who are willing to trust random people to staff your chat? 
the way your customer talk to you. It's it's like it's it's you need trust to have that. So in 2018, I was uh, offered the job. Before me, there has been a couple of CEOs trying to to build the company. So there was there was a platform. Uh, it worked, but we did uh, two main pivots. The one pivot was that we removed all onboarding, like it should be fast and easy and at zero cost to start. Then we aimed for smaller companies. And then another pivot we did was those people who staffed the chat was not freelancers the same way. Uh, so it's our people staffing the chat. So we are 100% sure that the quality we deliver is uh, is high. And then the last pivot was that the way we did it was that we hire people with disabilities to staff chat. And when I was offered the job, I was just about finishing another company that uh, I was part of building. And I was offered the job and I heard about uh, the company and I thought, I don't want that. Because uh, the companies I've been part of before has all done a difference, made a difference in people's life. And this was all about converting traffic, making companies spend the same amount of money on marketing, but having more leads. And then I read an article that said that 120,000 Danes aren't allowed or cannot work because they don't fit into our working structure. They have a disability. So, you know, if it's hard to build a company if you are only, or it's hard to have a job if you're only able to work eight hours a week. For example, in your company, what happens on a Monday is different on a Thursday. So if they're only there two hours on a Monday, two hours on a Wednesday, and two hours on a Thursday, it's hard to have a job and it's hard to fit into to our structure. And then uh, after I read that article, I thought, okay, maybe we can take those people and make them chat for Weply. So I took that idea and then I put it in the drawer because I thought it was a bit too radical uh, to have that dialogue uh, with the with the current owners of uh, of Weply. And then I kept it in the drawer for half a year. And then I took it out after sales has gone up 40%. And since then, we have hired uh, loads of people with disabilities to staff our chat. So that was the way I got into Weply. And I've since invested uh, a lot portion of my fortune. And uh, of course, is. Uh, uh, one of the biggest uh, shareholders today. Then it makes all sense why also you have the the co-founder and CEO. Uh, yeah, th- th- then it totally makes sense now. Yeah, but the, the thing was that we started over in eighteen. At that yeah. point, we were three people, and now we are eighty-seven plus seven in, in- soon one hundred. <laughs> yeah, soon one hundred. Yeah, exactly. And it's a great story. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, now we're jumping into the segment of five quick ones. And here you need to be quick. Yeah, sure. You can answer with a with a sentence and not just a word, but you instant when I okay, say a yeah. word. So here we go. Chat. Brilliant way to turn website traffic into smoking hot leads. Sauce. Metrics-driven companies. AI. A way to assist human dialogue or chat GPT. But, but when you say chat GPT... It's uh, <laughs> you remember oh, too all long. We, yeah. Yeah, too long, too long. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. It's quick ones, and then sales. Oh, a room full of high energetic people, uh, cold calling with crazy energy. 
And the last one, summer. My family, pool, Italy, France. Thank you so much. And this means that we are now entering the first big segment of my two segments in this podcast. And the first one is business development. And like you said, with your thoughts regarding SaaS, let's talk some KPIs then. Metric driven. You need to talk KPIs. So uh, please tell me the good stuff of what are your most important KPIs for you and why have you chosen them? To begin with, I would say churn. Because if you have a high churn, then there's something wrong with your product or something wrong with your market. Then the second one could be CAC payback. And the last one, uh, LTV CAC. Why did you went for for those, uh, the number two and number three and not some other big classical ones? Regarding CAC payback, if you if you're able to fast get a return on your investments, then you can grow crazy fast. Uh, right now, I'm a bit proud because we are on uh, 9.3 months, and that's uh, even though we are in three new markets. So I think that's that's an important one because that shows that you can scale fast. And of course, uh, LCV CAC is also about how much does customer cost and how much are they. Uh, in for in the long run good and if you're gonna throw in a product kpi in this cocktail which do you have hold the highest of your product kpis and the, the thing is that we we don't have binding periods at weply so if our customers they don't like us then they churn <laughs> uh we we have we have uh but that's 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 not a common kpi but we have a, um, a KPI that shows how fast our customers open their leads. So we can we have a little uh, thing on the when we send them an email, and then we can see how fast they open their emails. And if we see that they don't open their emails with a smoking hot lead, then we call them and say, do you know that a lead loses value after six minutes? So it's it's and and that's also a KPI if they s- stop stop opening our our emails fast because then we know oh they are not considering our leads as important and they need to because yeah. we, we our value is that we give customers a lead but it only becomes a value the minute the customer calls the lead and closes the sale so without them doing the last part our product means nothing Good insights here. Thank you for sharing. Talking some uh, go-to-market strategies then. Yeah. You were just a few years ago, three people, and now soon 100 in just a few years. The best practices. <laughs> yeah, the best practices. Uh, I think one of the best thing that I can share, because there's many ways to build a sales department. And of course, we had a crazy good uh, CSO to build it. Uh, but I think one of the learnings that I know many, especially Danish companies, don't know is that when you need to start a new country, it's always the thing, should you do it from headquarters or should you do it in the country? And and we thought that we should do it here in headquarters because we wanted to, to them to take home the culture with them. So when we launched Holland, uh, we found out 
the hardest things for why the SDRs didn't say yes to us when we offered them a job in Copenhagen was due to housing. So what we did was we rented uh, two, depa- two apartments. Then we uh, just started uh, poking people on, on LinkedIn. And suddenly it was crazy easy to find young people in their 20s who wanted to go on an adventure to Copenhagen. All they needed to do was pass the job interview. And then it was about taking a plane ticket. And then there was an apartment for them. So the thing about them not having to find an apartment in Copenhagen or in Stockholm or elsewhere, I think that was like, it went from crazy hard to finding people to like... Uh, Too much. Yeah. How did you roll it out then later uh, from the go-to-market perspective? The way we sell our product is that we cold call companies and then we ask them to try our product for free. And then it was about taking, to begin with, the Danish pitch and making it Swedish, which means was like more smooth, not that pushy, uh, and like uh, make, making it more uh, Swedish. The next country we launched, uh, it was uh, Holland, and we had a guy who spoke bo- both uh, Swedish and Dutch. So he took the Swedish uh, trans or the Swedish pitch and translated that into Dutch. But we needed to do it way more Danish. It needed to go back to being uh, pushy and uh, so. Uh, yeah, to the point. Yeah, so 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 we did that. So I, actually, we ha- have like not the exact same pitch, but uh, uh, it's very close to being the same pitch. So that's the way we we start new countries. So it's cold outreach, a classical phone. We go directly and close it on phone. I think it's very not typical. <laughs> But we can close it on phone and then we send them a, a widget and then they try it. And when they try it, uh, 40% convert. If uh, they are data-driven, that number is uh, above 70. But oh, loads wow. of, our, of the people that tries our product, they are not data-driven. Oh, I see now why why you can grow so fast then if you have really nailed it down, find a good value proposition, who are your ICP, and then boom, yes, the, those numbers. And then we have a data team, a crazy good data team. All they do is they look into to which segments to call, when to call them, uh, enriching list, and uh, that's that's crazy important. So I think we have around. And is that in house? That's in house. Okay. Because then we can compare to numbers yeah. and look into which segments. Of, in the beginning, driving schools was like the best thing ever. Uh, they had crazy good conversions. The problem was six months down the line, they all churned. So it's also about comparing a lifetime value with whom to call when uh, and so on. So we have three, two, three guys sitting and doing data and all only looking into which segments, making list. And then we have 22 doing cold calling and we also have some converters uh, and so on. And then if you're going to look back, <laughs> because... <laughs> I can bet quite much money that you didn't nail this at once, right yeah, away. Exactly. If you, if you look back to common mistakes that you did uh, with the go-to-market strategy, uh, w- what is the biggest things you regret now and can please share? Uh, I think it's uh, the classic one, uh, scaling before nailing. Yeah. So I think we, uh, we probably went to Sweden uh, half a year, one year too early. Uh, 
but it was a good thing we we found the right people uh, so it was also about executing when we had the opportunity but i i think we should have have waited a little but that's hard uh, that's hard when you are raising capital and you want to prove that you can export your product and all that so i think that's it's 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 a classic scaling before nailing and then the other thing was to begin with we have built a sales process where our salesperson they first they should find uh, the lead then they should call the lead then they should make the customer uh, implement the widget on the web page then they should start a free trial then they should make the first lead call so when our customer gets a lead we give them a call and then at the end they should close it so it was like they had a, a responsibility of uh, 10 different things and list coming up and uh, 10 is online and 10 is on the way so it 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 was not good so we divided into uh, two processes like meeting bookers SDRs and uh, account executives uh, who close it so instead of booking a meeting we uh, they have the the goal to get the widget online yeah so it's actually about cutting up the process in pieces and and taking those who are good at cold calling those yeah. who are good at the first process they need to do the first process yeah. and those who are good at closing and having the dialogue and opening reports and looking into chats they should do the the second part yeah all these things you can do when you are growing but when you aren't free people <laughs> they yeah, exactly. everything. and then um, you are obviously a cold outreach expert or have people around you that are yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. so this question uh, is super interesting for me uh, because i want to know what would you say is the best way to do cold outreach to you Søren? i'm part of a company and we have i have loads of colleagues cold calling so i always give people a chance but i say you have a chance 30 seconds give me a pitch if I don't like it, I'll tell you and and hang up. So it, it's it's about giving people a chance, and if it's interesting, then of course they can elaborate. The preferred way for you, it's not a good personalized email with LinkedIn. It's get your number, call you. I get thirty seconds. Go and then uh, a cold email. I press right click and mark them as spam. And and, and on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, I, I delete them and uh, say I don't know this person. Get, get your number and and then if, if you answer i have 30 seconds yeah exactly good then uh, we know that and move on to mistakes and now we're not talking as go to market mistake the worst mistake you as a ceo ever had made i think that my worst business mistake was in in 2011 where i tried to buy bitcoins for 500 danish kronos but I couldn't due to bank. And then I just forgot about it. So <laughs> I've thought about that a lot, but uh, regarding... Uh, okay, but, but you actually had meant to take the decision that I'm going to buy it and try to buy it. And... Yeah, exactly. But then, okay. uh, then, then it's a fair, like, then you actually could have got the, had much money today. Yeah, but uh, it's a fun story. But I think one of my learnings is that I should have... Uh, Stop being uh, or stopped working uh, in companies where I was only a minority shareholder. So instead of uh, working to build something that I have, I've 
I've built something that uh, other people uh, had a, a very large portion of. So I think I should have gone uh, my own ways before. But it's not not something I regret. Um, things happen. I'm here. I'm happy. Uh, I have a great job. We are growing. I have a great family. So th- there's not much to be unhappy about. Uh, things we can't uh, change, uh, we shouldn't spend time on on regretting. No, we can only learn and avoid them in the future. Exactly. And um, then it's time for a topic of your choice. Oosh. This is the segment where I will just sip it. And the only framework here is that you have you only need to be nerdy and passionate about this. So the floor is yours. Oh, so we know loads about chat. For example, if you in a chat dialogue say, would you be sweet to give me your name and number? you'll convert 37% less because you use the word sweet. We have split tested the next thing on 2 million million dialogues or 2 million proposals in a dialogue. We tried to say, hello, what can I help you with? And the other split test was, hello, what can I help you with? But the H in hello was a small letter. And the the, the sentence with the small h converted 3% more. So when people see a grammar mistake on your web page in a chat dialogue, they are more likely to convert. So we have a linguistic team and a rhetoric team, and they are just sitting and analyzing all those chats and all those findings we have. Of course, we are utilizing them in our chat. So there's, there's so many crazy things you can do and can't do in a chat. For example, it's way better to say, may I, instead of may we. Uh, and the other thing, you convert 27% or 27% more if you use the visitor's name. Personally, I hate it when I go into a clothing store or, or somewhere else where a salesperson keeps repeating my name. So if you're in a chat, uses... You, the, the visitor's name one time, then you are 20% more likely to convert it into a hot lead. So so it's just like there's so many things when you open chat dialogue that's so complex. It's super simple then. The topic of Sarah's choice, chat. Now it's time for an external question. And today we have a guest appearance of Anna Kalm at Ascentic. And this is her question. Hi, Søren. What would you say are the most important leadership qualities to lead a scale-up through good times versus bad? It's it's tough to to answer. Um, I, I as I remember, I've only been on on the on the upwards journeys so far, but I believe that executing and empathy and optimistic are key skills of a leader, even if it's going up or down. If it's going down, I I really believe uh, the optimistic side can be like (laughs) two-sided. It's it's hard to be optimistic when you're firing people or uh, so, so, but I believe that communication is, is a 
very important skill when it's not going that great because then you need to communicate. You need to to phrase why the company is going in a certain direction or you need to think about what is being communicated to whom and, and how it's done. When you have a scale up and everything is going great, uh, people are just happy. More colleagues, uh, more sales, everybody is, is celebrating. So I think, but communicating, I think, is uh, is is way more important in, in in times where things are not going good. Good input here. And Anna, thank you for the question. A great one. We move on to, we are entering the leadership segment for real. We are already here. Uh, and the first thing here is a straight shooting one. Are you a good leader? Um I think I'm above average, but I think it the most important thing as a leader is keep demanding development from yourself. Keep keep asking questions, keep keep and, and make sure people around you are able to to speak up when they disagree. Having building this uh psychological safety the the feeling that you can say anything at any time uh, also to your ceo or your your nearest leader um so am i a good leader uh i think i'm above average but i think if you if i'm ever going to say yes to that question like without a doubt then i'm not a good leader because then i'm not in development what would you say are your top two to three Superpowers. Uh, that's uh, that's definitely executing, executing and optimistic. I, I know I said executing two times, but that's uh, <laughs> that's an important one. Let's talk about odd things then. Can you share an odd thing that you have done, or maybe a little above you in the past when you were younger, had done that seemed really strange and odd, but when you think back of it, it actually had a huge amount of impact. Something other. I maybe this is not in the past. This is actually happening uh, right now, but it's still odd. Uh, once a month, I make uh, pancakes to everybody at the office. So actually, this morning I got up and I made uh, 130 pancakes. So I meet in an hour earlier than normal, and then I start making pancakes. And the reason is, it's a, it's a manifestation of of us as leaders remembering that our colleagues, they are not here for us. We are here for them. So it's about being servant and making them remember that they're not here to solve something for me. I'm here to solve something for them. I like this. Pancakes for everybody then. (laughs) Nice. And uh, bad things. We have already tapped into it with Anna's question. Uh, I, I, I want to know what, according to you, is the worst things about being a leader and how do you handle it? Yeah, I think I, I really like being a leader. I really like uh, influencing and moving bits and moving pieces and moving people. But the worst thing is that as a leader, you're not always able to be yourself. I'm, I'm like crazy. 
So, so I need to tone down. Uh, I am pretty sure that my colleagues would be shocked to hear that I'm actually toning down. But, but, but when you reach a certain size as company, then you can't do loads of fun stuff. You, you can't join the parties. Like if you're a, a, a startup and you're five people and a management, uh, which is two people, they're not there, then there's no party. But, but having this, uh, this close close things with your colleagues doing crazy stuff uh, when you reach the size of uh, 10, 15, you need to, to stop acting crazy at the office. So uh, I, I, I miss that. And now I'm, I'm wondering what is, what, what is actually too much crazy? Sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, no, no, I can't. I, I can't no I comment. Can't. And, um, Then it's time for us to uh, summarize leadership from your point of view with one word. What would that be? People. Then leadership is all about people and we are entering the roundup. We only have three questions left. And the first one is just basically me fishing for new cool guests with the help of you. So which other two B2B SaaS CEOs do you think are interesting doing cool stuff? And would like to listen to in this podcast. Oh, it's, the first one is actually one that my wife is pretty annoyed at because uh, I play chess with him a lot. So, so, so he's always on my phone, and, and we have three games going on, and uh, and he's he's crazy good, and he beats me seventy uh, percent of all time. Uh, he's called Rolf, and he's from Golan. Second one is uh, Cookie Carsten. Yeah, his name is Carsten Rendemann, but uh, many Danes know him as uh, Cookie Carsten. He's uh, the largest uh, provider of uh, cookies on your webpage. So it's, they, they are called cookie information. Thank you. And then talking to yourself, if you would give yourself when you were a younger CEO, top one to three things to think of that you now know that you didn't know. What would you tell yourself? The first thing, and that's both private and, and work-wise, is act instead of react. So when you have a personality that says execution, 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 then it's always a good thing to stop, think five seconds, and then act. Because a lot of bad things often happened in a reaction. And It's not that often that bad things happen when, when you actually stop and instead of reacting, you're acting. So that's one. Uh, things always takes at least twice as, as much time as uh, anticipated, especially building uh, a company. So be patient. And do you have a third and last or are we happy with two? Yeah, actually a tool that map people's skill. We use a tool called TT38. That is a crazy tool, both for recruitment, for having dialogue, development. So it's it's a tool where you can map all your, your skills and your talents. Uh, so it's a big shout out to TT38. It's like, I will never stop using that tool. Huh, wow. 
you're actually throwing that one in in top three things, then you really no. But but it's 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 so important that this this tool can can make us communicate better. It can make us hire the right people. Um, and I I should have started using a, a tool that's mapping people ten uh, years ago. Then the very last question: Where will WePly be in five years? Hopefully in 20 countries, at least 500 people on the payroll. If we are 500 people, there will probably be another CEO than me. I'm not sure I'm the right person to to handle that many people. It would be more AI dialogues assisted by humans. I still believe that humans want humans. So I think that it's a key factor if you have a company with a high lifetime value, that those who are converting, they're humans, but we'll have even more AI supporting those humans, giving them superpowers to make the best dialogue ever. And then uh, the most important one is that we're going to be the largest workplace in Europe for people with disabilities. And I wish you the best of luck with that. And now I'm quickly shifting the focus to you as been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, tell a friend or a colleague to listen to Søren in B2B SaaS CEOs. And number two, press the subscription button. We have great guests coming up here every week. And Søren, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you for your time, Joseph.